0: Jeremy, this is a huge week. Why? Why earth? We are in area 51. I don't even uh,
1: <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: we oh my did god. That? Get we ready strapping your seatbelt cuz it's going to be a big
1: show. It's going to be a big one, baby. Mm-hmm. From late June to early August, we took a 14,000-mile cross-country road trip to get away from the world. It brought us to 20 national
0: parks, 33 states, 46 cities, and 43 national monuments, forests, memorials, grasslands, and recreation
1: areas. So in each episode, we'll outline one of our stops, talk about the history of the place, our impressions, and a piece of dark history tea associated with it. It's gonna be dramatic, scandalous, dare I say
0: captivatingly funny. And hopefully it inspires your next trip in the United States. This is Road Boys with Jeremy and Jacob. Welcome to another episode of Road Boys. We're Road Boys on the Road. You know, we're just road-boying. You know how we be. Yeah, we're just out here. We're always out here, every single week. Um, Yes, exactly. The first thing I want to say, first of
1: all, Happy New Year. This is our first episode of 2021. New year, new us. I know that no one can see us right now, but we look fantastic, both of us. We do look fantastic. We put some effort in today. I mean, we always put in effort, but to this but this for the new <laughs> year, we put in even more effort. Uh, this is actually the first time we've ever put effort into anything. I'm usually shirtless, yeah.
0: well uh a big news for us we've just been named one of the top
1: 10 road trip podcasts in the world by Feedspot. yes such exciting news i'm i am very proud of the two of us and for any everyone we had so many people that were like you couldn't you can't do it you're gonna suck well that will you know just take read it and weep Reading they and all me.
0: said you're gonna fail.
1: Yeah, so many people said that to, <laughs> said that to us. I was really kind of astounded. Even some of my parents, um, right, right. The, you know, people that just didn't believe in us from the yes. get go. And look at us now.
0: Look at us now. Here we are at the top, and with that comes, you know, such exciting news. Um, <laughs> we're going to be doing a giveaway contest. This is this is huge. Yes. Um, and this giveaway is going to be. Uh, Going on all through this week, next week, and we'll announce a winner, I think, the week after. But uh, here's the way it works. So we're going to be giving away a 2021 uh, National Parks calendar and some
1: exclusive Road Boys stickers. Some merch. You didn't think that we'd do it, but yes, we're going to have some merch. And ring in the new year. Ring in the new year with a new calendar, in my my mind. It's
0: it's going to be fantastic. Um, so make sure you keep looking at our social media to keep up with that. That's at Road Boys Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. and Twitter. And of course, if you have questions, you know, feel free to reach out to us at roadboyspodcast at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Yes, it's all there. So we'll have those details of the giveaway up for you on our social media. Make sure you're following that. And then finally, before we get into it, because we do have a big show this week, mm-hmm. um, I do want to say that next week is our season finale. We have been renewed. Don't worry. So we will be back. Yes, we will. But next se- next week is the season finale of season one of Road Boys. Um, and we do have an incredibly special guest that we'll be bringing on the show. So, again, that's going to be keep out uh, your eyes on our social media. So you can see
1: who we're going to have next week on the show. I'm very excited, Jeremy. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Um, always a joy speaking to this to this person that we got. Oh, such a joy. Yeah, he's a joy. All right. So without further ado, uh,
0: let's get into the episode today because it's definitely going to be uh, a more jam-packed
1: one. Yeah, um, certainly. Certainly. So
0: it's a, a huge show.
1: Huge. I mean, I mean, we're not, we're not even, we're not even playing it up. It is a, fin- it is a huge show this week. Yes. Um. Some would call it the real deal.
0: Some would call it that phrase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so let's talk about Area Fifty One. Yes. Uh. I, I gotta to say this episode is overwhelming. There is a lot to talk about, and I'm really excited to share with you, uh, what I found after hours of research, documentaries, and testimonies. Uh, I will give a little disclaimer here. I'll say that the government has done a very good job of scrubbing the web of any claims other than its official story. We're already getting into it. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I dug deep to try and give you all sides of the story. Um, Now, I understand that what I'm about to tell you is easily dismissible uh, simply because it just doesn't seem like it could be real. Yeah. I mean, Uh,
1: I mean. We have to be open to anything we hear.
0: Yeah. I mean, one thing I found in doing this research was that there's nothing wrong with opening your mind up to the unexplainable. Why can't aliens exist? Why can't we have proof of it? Is it just because you don't think it's realistic? Uh, all I'm saying is just keep an open mind to the possibilities. You don't have to believe it. I'm just going to tell you everything I found and you can be the judge. Yes. So So without further ado, Mm -hmm. here is the history of Area 51 and the story that has changed my view of the world, the story of Bob Lazar. Oh, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Lots to go into. So let's start with Area 51's location and official history. Uh, The top secret military base is located about two hours northeast of Las Vegas, situated on Groom Lake, which is a dried out flat
1: bed of land in the Nevada mountains. Mm -hmm. So we're already starting off with something here. You're saying Area 51, it's real. People sometimes even dismiss that Area 51 is real. It's oh, a real
0: yeah. Place. I'll, I'll actually get to this a little later. Um, there was a an, a Freedom of Information Act request that it actually forced the government to confirm it's a real place. It's a real place. OK. Yeah. OK. So let's just start off with that. Right, and it's an incredibly remote place with no towns that have gas stations within 60 miles from the base. Uh, We know that firsthand. Oh, we know that for sure. Uh, In 1864, so we're going to go before it was Area 51, lead and silver were discovered in the southern part of the Groom Lake area, and Groom Lead Mines Limited financed mining in the 1870s. What a great name. Groom Lake and
1: Lead Mines. Hmm. Groom Lead Mines Limited, go on and get you some. People just eating uh, lead back then.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> and they financed the mining there in the 1870s. Uh, they would continue to mine the area until 1918, uh, mm. when World War I efforts curtailed the mining. And it resumed again after
1: World War II and into the early 1950s. Okay, so... They're using it. I mean, it's it's nothing more lively than what we saw when we visited. (laughs) Yes, correct. Um,
0: And now the airfield at Groom Lake at the Groom Lake site began service in 1942 as Indian Springs Air Force Auxiliary Field but it wouldn't become the top secret base until 1955 when the CIA established the Groom Lake Test Facility.
1: Ooh. Yes,
0: the test facility was established for Project Aquatone, uh, which was the development of the Lockheed U-2 Strategic Recon Aircraft. Oh, jeez.
1: I know. It sounds very very
0: advanced. (laughs) Right, so that was like the first thing that happened at area 51 they established the base and they did that to test this lockheed u2 strategic recon Mm -hmm. thing um you know we know a lot about military here so of course we we are we are military men we're these notes are just coming directly from you know (laughs) official sources yes um the facility was chosen because of the extreme secrecy of the project, and the location was so remote that CIA the CIA could
1: run tests without anyone knowing they were going on. Well, that's for sure. That place is super remote, one of the most remote places I feel like I've been. <laughs> yes, and
0: uh, it was in 1955 that the CIA asked the AEC to acquire the land, and they designated it Area 51 on the map, so that's how we all know it is Area 51 today. Very exciting name. Very exciting. Yes. name. Yeah. I, I saw a lot of reports about like why they named it that, yeah, but like why? no one really knows for sure. Um, I think the main reason that people list is that they thought that they would never have an area designated that high in numbers, so it wouldn't be taken already, and that's why they chose it.
1: Interesting. Interesting. If as long you know, if there was no explanation for it, I'd take that too. It just adds to the mystery <laughs> of it. Adds to the mystery of that whole place. Right. Right. Um, But by August 1961,
0: the full construction of hangars and facilities were completed at Area 51, and the airspace they tested in belonged to the Nellis Air Force Range. This will be important as we proceed uh, with the story. Noted. I will keep that in mind. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, throughout the years, many aircraft tests and engineering projects for military planes proceeded at Area 51, mostly as a result of the Cold War. And I, I was reading crazy stuff. I'm kind of skimming this history because it was really long. Mm. Um, they even evaluated captured Soviet Union aircrafts at the base. Well, that's pretty
1: significant considering that conflict. <laughs>
0: Tear down that aircraft, Mr. Gorbachev. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) That wasn't a good one. In 1995, the federal government expanded the exclusionary area around the base to include nearby mountains, prohibiting access to 4,000 acres that encompass Area 51. What are they hiding? I don't know what
1: they're hiding. (laughs) <laughs> what are they um, hiding, Jeremy? Are, I don't know. They're going – they already sound like they're going to pretty great lengths. So that I guess that 4,000 acres would basically encompass anywhere that, like, you could take a look at this place, which is interesting in and of itself. Yeah, right. Hmm. Exactly. And that's kind of – that's the same
0: region that we uh, – saw when we were there we checked um, but in 1994 five unnamed civilian contractors sued the air force alleging that they had been present when large quantities of unknown chemicals had been burned in open pits and trent- trenches at the groom lake facility they had sustained skin liver and respiratory injuries due to their work at groom whoa what the hell are they doing with all that stuff Like i know
1: okay okay
0: uh, so this lawsuit was exempted under the state secret privilege, and Bill Clinton's presidential determination. That's right; he made a presidential determination on this case. He spoke um, about it. I didn't even know that those are things. <laughs> well, he yeah. Well, he made a determine. He called it the uh, Groom Lake facility. He didn't say anything. Like Area 51. But he basically told these people they could go fuck themselves. That's wow. essentially what it came down to. <laughs> yeah, he he, <laughs> he spared the time to personally tell these people that. <laughs> yes, he did. I think it became kind of a big deal. Wow. Um, but the government has provided minimal information regarding Area 51 to this day. And the area surrounding the lake is permanently off limits to both civilian and military
1: air traffic. There's not too many places in the continental U.S., where just the just, White you know, House is the other one I could think of. Right, right. I mean, there's probably some others, but that, just a random area in the world. Like, why, why not be able to fly over it?
0: Yes. So, on June 25th, 2013, this is eight years ago... Um, I had to remember we're in 2021. Yes. Um, The CIA released an official history of the U2 project, which acknowledged the existence of Area 51 in response to a Freedom of Information Act request
1: submitted in 2005. Mm. So they're going to tell us eventually. There's like all these. Maybe they'll tell us at some point more information.
0: Well, here's the thing. That was like the first time they'd acknowledged the existence of area 51 well
1: we're living in the right time frame then because maybe we'll know more
0: <laughs> yeah right <laughs> exactly um, but that's about all that's on the official record uh Ooh. for area 51's history so like that's that's all we have on it um Ooh. now we're going to dive into what people have witnessed and said
1: this is the good stuff this is this is this is the hard-hitting stuff
0: Yeah, so this is this is where it's going to get real interesting. Okay, Um, we're going to take a brief interlude from area 51 just to talk about the Roswell incident for a second. And for those who don't know what 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 happened in Roswell? (laughs) Where is Roswell? Where the hell is it? Well, Roswell's a big one. In July 1947, Roswell, New Mexico, so that's where this is, Mm -hmm. something crashed at a ranch. Um, Local press interest peaked when there were rumors of debris from the crash coming from a flying disc. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. The U.S. military stated that the crash came from a simple weather balloon initially, um you know obviously that's not the case right I mean, they, they'll give whatever bullshit excuse they can for any Yes this. now in the 1990s they did admit it was a nuclear test surveillance balloon mm-hmm. um but nonetheless speculation and theories over the years um were that up to 11 alien saucers had crashed at the scene and the reason I bring this up is because people have speculated that the saucers were the same ones Uh, apparently witnessed and worked on in the 1980s at
1: Area 51. Wow. Like, how do you even... Well, you'll you'll explain I'm just wondering how you can even claim that to be the case, but... Right.
0: And Mm -hmm. so, you know, this is a really good time to start talking about uh, one of the most fascinating people on the planet, uh, Mr. Bob Lazar. Mr. Bob Lazar. It's already a cool name. I'd like a last (laughs) name Lazar. (laughs) Yes. Um, And I can't even begin to start with Bob Lazar there's so much to talk about with Bob Lazar um so I'm just gonna start with who he is okay who is he (laughs) Uh, Bob Bob Lazar was born in 1959 in Coral Gables, Florida, where he grew up before his family moved to Los Angeles in the early 1970s. Nice choice. Nice (laughs) choice. Right, LA, the best place on earth. Um, Lazar's mother tells a story where he once attached a jet propulsion system to the back of his bicycle to see what would happen. Clearly, this was a guy who had a deep interest in (laughs) chemistry, chemistry and science from a young
1: age. Wow. I mean, I didn't do anything that crazy. So, this guys he's a risk taker. I like him.
0: Yeah, he's a risk taker. Um, I do want to say off the bat that I believe his claims. Um, I watched a two-hour interview with him, many testimonies of those who knew him, and I've seen some really compelling evidence that he's telling the truth. Um, So I'm going to go into the version of his life that he has perpetuated, not the scrubbed versions on Wikipedia, which seem to contain many factual errors just based on literal evidence. Um, And I'll go into why that's significant later and why that makes me believe him um even more we're going to go through all of the claims and all of the evidence uh surrounding all of Bob Lazar so we'll get to the real meat of what's happening
1: that's that's curious already about the wikipedia account yes uh, so you got to tell me what this guy did cuz that's yes crazy. and so by the way you know
0: uh, uh if you're listening right now you kind of understand we're breaking format a little bit because the history of area 51 um and Bob Lazar's story are kind of all tied together it's all right. one thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so after graduating high school in Los Angeles, Lazar claims to have earned a degree in physics from MIT and a master's in electronic technology from the California Institute of Technology, uh, Caltech. Caltech. Yeah. Um, so both universities say they have no records of Bob Lazar ever attending their universities. <gasps> uh however i personally watched the testimonies of friends of his at the
1: time who went to school with him there <laughs> mm, well <laughs> what are you going to say well i don't i don't know i mean believe his friends or believe that uh that the university and the administrators right and this is the
0: first piece of evidence I think that indicates his truthfulness uh, you know someone maybe the US government is trying to cover up his background so that is just a fact someone is trying
1: to cover up his background wow I mean that's that's that is I mean imagine going having gone to college and then someone saying you never went it's like whitewashing your or what is it called gaslighting your entire <laughs> life <laughs> whitewashing is a little different we got a whitewash your, your life <laughs> Uh, But Lazar
0: then claims to have gone to work on at the Los Alamos physics facility, which is vehemently denied by the facility. Wow. Um, Yes. And so here's our next piece of evidence that he's telling the truth. Um, His employment at Los Alamos is mentioned in at least three news articles I found, all in June and July of 1982, and focusing on his interest in jet-powered cars. Um, this does fit his timeline of events. That's when he said he worked there, mm-hmm. and he didn't become a public figure until 1989. We'll get into that in a bit. So,
1: and these were published well before he became that public figure. So you have it on record. It's like it's like I don't know. You ever heard of the Mandela effect? Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to do that to that guy. Except it didn't, it's not actually a real effect. It's that it actually all happened, and that he's he's not crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, right, and mm-hmm. also Kalos TV, which is big TV station in um, Las Vegas, the news station. Uh, they also found his name listed in a 1982 Los Alamos National L- Laboratory phone directory. Mm. Um, once he was in the public eye,
1: so yeah, he worked there. <laughs> he worked there. It, it's a some something. Someone's fucking up his his, his entire professional career.
0: Right, which is just so suspicious off the bat. Um, yes, and so there's so that's like the context of what would happen next. And now we're like really going to get into it. We're we're going to get to his claims and 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 what's you know what yeah. really happened at Area Fifty One.
1: Okay, well, I'm I'm excited. This <laughs> is already it's, it's already
0: so interesting. <laughs> I know it's so interesting, and it's and it's about to get pretty crazy. Okay. So while working at Los Alamos, Lazar claims he had sent resumes to several national labs, and he went in for an interview with a contractor, EG&G, uh, who, by the way, claim this never happened. Of course, why would um, it have never happened? <laughs> yes, he went in for an interview to work for a division of the U.S. Navy, um, and there he was questioned mostly on his life outside of work. Mm. They wanted to know like, his social habits and what he was doing with all that jet propulsion stuff that he'd like built in his house and stuff. Um, So eventually Mm -hmm. he was called back from that interview and had to read 121 briefings to
1: be upgraded to clearance level, majestic well that's a fantastic word (laughs) clearance level majestic there should be one the one above it is fabulous yes (laughs) i want fabulous clearance (laughs) honey that's that's the next one honey i'm home fabulous but the i don't know i feel like i feel like at that point if i that happened to me i'd be a little bit suspicious of what (laughs) 121 briefings (laughs) on the first day yeah clearance level majestic oh wow I didn't even know if that was such a thing. They use cool words.
0: (laughs) They do. Uh, So we can think of Bob Lazar in a way as a premature Edward Snowden. Um, I'm going to tell you what happened in 1989 and we'll cover the true essence of his claims as a result of what he did. What did he do? In May of 1989, Lazar appeared in an interview with investigative reporter George Knapp on the Las Vegas TV station Kalos. Mm. Um, I want to note that his first interview was anonymous, his face was hidden, and he was under the pseudonym Dennis. Dennis. Great name <laughs> for a random person. Damn it, Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> In his first interview, Lazar claimed he was hired to work at a facility called S4 inside Area 51, claiming it was where alien saucers were tested and reverse engineered. Oh
1: my goodness. He claimed
0: there are nine extraterrestri- ter- pfft, extraterrestrial saucers being tested at Area 51 using antimatter propulsion systems that scientists were trying to develop without knowing the technology already existed. Oh my god. Well that would yeah like, well that would change that would change the world. That was a big one right there. That's that's, that's really that's what heavy. All this that's pretty heavy. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. heavy, not gonna lie. Yeah, and, and I know you're already thinking like what the fuck,
1: you know. <laughs> I, mean, so, I mean kinda, but 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 this is very very still very intriguing.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Um so Lazar claimed the
0: facility was adjacent
1: to Papoose Lake, which Ooh. is oh Papoose Lake. Yeah, that's it's Papoose. <laughs> it's a cute name. Papoose. <laughs> sounds like an animal. It sounds like a bird with a with a long beak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, anyway, he claimed the facility was adjacent to Papoose Lake, yes. uh, which is located south of the main area fifty one facility on Groom Lake, built with concealed aircraft hangars made to look like the mountainside.
1: That this is like that's crazy. Well, of course yeah. you can – I mean, it's easy to – we we were, of course, in that area. That's easy to do to, like, really disguise something into the mountains, I'm sure. I'm sure that we saw stuff that we didn't – we thought was a mountain but, like, didn't really know. Like, right. What's right. going on? Exactly. exactly. Um, yeah. So the initial interview
0: with Lazar was the highest-rated newscast in Las Vegas history and was reported on by every major news organization in the world. Wow. Yeah. So
1: this, is, so this is huge news. I mean... It's it's huge. It's huge. I mean, <laughs> that's... Uh, wow. I mean, they had some clout to get it out like that.
0: Yep. And in a subsequent interview in November 1989, Lazar finally appeared unmasked and under his own name with George Knapp. Um, so uh, Lazar's alleged experience at Area 51 was this. Uh, he would arrive at the main facility get onto a bus with no windows, and be driven to the S-4 facility. When he first arrived at S-4, he was taken to a spacecraft and shown a reactor with an antimatter core. What? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I know. They had a reactor out of one of the crafts, and by the time Bob got there, they had figured out how it worked
1: and were trying to recreate the antimatter reactor. Oh my goodness. So, this is like essentially so this is this is not he's he's working on technology that like isn't he's saying that he's working on technology that like isn't of earth it's not right that's alien technology no one no. um <laughs> okay so the
0: propulsion of the spacecraft was fueled by this antimatter reactor and it all centered around this is going to be the keyword of the day element 115 element 115
1: mm. you could say it's elemental it's elemental it's, it's, <laughs> or elementary. It's, it's elementary school stuff, SpongeBob.
0: <laughs> Elemental. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm.
0: um, Element one hundred and fifteen did not exist in the science community in the nineteen eighties. It does exist now. It was first synthesized in two thousand and three, and later named Muscovium. Muscovium.
1: Well, yeah. so 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 now, if you look at a periodic table, you'd see you'd see one hundred and fifteen on there. You do see one fifteen, and I'm going to give you a
0: piece of evidence now that he's telling the truth rather than later just because I'm going to forget it if I don't, and I don't think I wrote it down mm-hmm. um, when they first synthesized muscovium in two thousand three uh they consulted Bob Lazar wow <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean okay so so when he was when he was uh touching when he was touching when he was (laughs) 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 when he was touching when he was touching when he was uh using or you know potentially maybe maybe touching muscovium it wasn't even a thing that anyone like knew about in the scientific community it's like this is completely new stuff
0: right this is like wow brand new stuff um and as of today scientists around the world have only been able to synthesize element 115 for a millisecond at best um lazar claims that the antimatter reactors ran on a stable isotope of element 115 so my understanding is first of all we're not going to get into chemistry and shit but we are chemists we are chemists but right we are professional chemists but um element 115 like if they create it it can only be for like a flash you know a flash second because yeah it, they don't have they couldn't create a version that was stable enough to sustain it for longer than
1: that but so we're so we're almost there we we almost got it <laughs> 1 millisecond we just need a we just need to uh, get it for longer is what you're saying
0: right no right that's what i'm saying is that the anti matter <laughs> I can't speak English. Yes,
1: you can. Yes, you can.
0: The anti reactors ran on a stable isotope of element one fifteen. Those are the claims. Wow. Wow. Um, so I want to explain the propulsion of the spacecraft for you with a good analogy that came straight from Bob Lazar, um, straight from the mouths of babes.
1: Mm-hmm. What a say? word I'll
0: never say again. Yep. Um, <laughs> so our system, <laughs> our system of fuel relies on action reaction. Uh, Right? Meaning we push fuel out of the back of a rocket, which causes the reaction of pushing the rocket forward. Right. That's how all of our ships, cars, everything work. Exactly. Um, To envision how this spacecraft worked, imagine you put a bowling ball in the middle of your bed. So your bed's flat, you put a bowling ball in the middle. and Needless to say, it's pushing down a little bit, right? Yeah, exactly. I understand. So then you push your hand down on a different part of the bed. The bowling ball is going to start rolling towards your hand. Exactly, because you've created a space for it to go, right? Right. Yes. So that's how Lazar claims the antimatter reactor worked. Um, What it did was it bended the gravity and space in front of the ship, Causing it to roll forward the way the bowling ball would on your bed. So, so it's not—it's not based on action reaction. It's essentially a different set of physics.
1: It's like operating in its own field, almost its own gravitational exactly. field. I sort of—you see—I I was never great at science, but I'm sort of—I sort of grasp that. I can kind of see how that works.
0: Yeah, like I mean, as long as you understand the analogy, that's basically the concept. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. Um, he also said that they would test these spacecrafts on Wednesday nights, and he actually brought three separate people to watch these tests. Guess what, Jeremy? What? What? <laughs> they have it on video. Oh my lord! <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is video of these tests. Oh wow! Well, that's that's like that's huge in and of itself. I mean, if you show the video to somebody, then you can basically prove that you were there. I mean,
0: if, right? If you're trying to prove right. it,
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, so
0: now. Uh those are the claims. I really want to get into the evidence supporting Lazar's claims besides the fact that his education and employment backgrounds were covered up and that he helped synthesize the first human version of element 115. Yeah. Um I do know that this sounds really far-fetched, but you know there there was something about him. I uh, I just it's it's hard to deny things that are facts, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so as ridiculous as his claims might sound, there is hard evidence that he's telling the truth. And we're going to go into that
1: right now. Ooh, okay. Prove so him right.
0: First, yeah. So first of all, you may be asking yourself why Lazar would share all of this, um, you know, knowing that what the public reaction would be and everything like that. Um, he claims to have come forward in a similar way to how Snowden came forward. Uh, that this was the biggest discovery in human history—the existence of advanced extraterrestrial life—and he believed people and science scientists had a right to know
1: uh, that this was discovered. I guess, I guess, it, following his line of logic, I guess you know that's a, it's a huge thing that we aren't being told. So it is sort of like a perpetrating a falsehood that the government yeah, is kind of keeping right. up with there.
0: Right, and he also was, like, doing it for insurance reasons of that he had been threatened with espionage. Apparently, he had been shot at before. Um, and so, he was, like, trying to protect himself and essentially survive. That's that's why he says he, he came forward with this information.
1: So, ba- like, basically to, to have stuff recorded, like, almost, like, what do you say, to blackmail? Is that sort of the idea that he's going there with? Or, like... Um,
0: the idea was, like, that he had already threatened to like come forward with this information in the name of science and human discovery. Um, right. But you know, that's what they were doing to like tell them, you know, you
1: got to shut the fuck up. Right. Right. Interesting. Interesting. So adding value to all that info, it's a way to yes. do it. It's a way to do it. Yeah. So
0: next Lazar was actually arrested in 1990 for aiding a prostitution ring. Um, so this is one year mm. after being public. I know that sounds bad, but he. But here's what I'll say about it: He stuck to his story with the threat of hard jail time. This was the time to walk back on his story if it was fictional to save himself. Wow! In front of judges, in front of you know police officers, everything, witnesses. He could have said, "If this was a lie, you know, oh yeah, no, I didn't actually go to Caltech. I didn't actually work at S four. I didn't do any of this stuff." yeah um and he was threatened with hard jail time and he did not go back on his story he pled guilty to felony pandering um and
1: did not you know yeah go and, back on it and at a certain point like unless if you were if you were lying in the that like if that's what so, so that's what happened if you were lying in that sort of scenario you, uh, there wouldn't be anything in my mind stopping me from uh from backpedaling on the story to get myself out of jail (laughs) so right i don't i mean he has a lot of dignity i guess what part of that shows yes and he also has not once
0: slipped in his version of the events not to his friends family or anyone else in over 30 years i mean Say what you want, but that is a long time to keep a lie if it is one. Right. Why, why not have it the finder life
1: as well? That's another question.
0: Yeah. And, of course, the biggest key to this story is Element 115. Mm. Um, I watched a 2018 documentary on Bob Lazar. Um, it's on Netflix. You can check it out. Um, it's called Bob Lazar, Area 51, and Flying Saucers. Could have worked a bit harder with the title, <laughs> in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, but during that, I found out it is widely known that he claims to have smuggled a bit of the stabilized element 115 out of the lab at Los Alamos when he
1: worked there. Oh my goodness. The balls on this guy. So he has, I know he has like one of the most, the rarest, most important piece of, I don't know, like not even like moon, you know, people say they have like moon rock. It's much more valuable than anything yes. we have on Earth. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, and there's a video that was rumored for years to be in existence called the Cloud Experiment Test. Ooh, what is that? Um, let me explain that to you. So since the elemental core could bend gravity to make the ship move, it also bended the light in front of it. So the cloud experiment showed how clouds would bend the light when it crossed in front of element 115.
1: So, so could you actually see basically what they meant by that? Like, you could see the light being bent, right? That's that's the point of inserting the clouds.
0: Is like because they shine light on element one fifteen. The clouds come in. You know how when it's cloudy outside, you can see your headlights. The light from that. It's the same concept, and you could see how they bent. Wow, um, how the light bent. So, um, that was like a lost video. Apparently, like no one knew where it was. But in 2018, the video was recovered in Bob Lazar's old records. Um, unfortunately, most of it is taped over in true Lazar fashion. Yeah, like what is however. It <laughs> yeah. However, there is a minute of the video that you can find online showing Element 115 bending the light in front of it, or you can watch it in Bob Lazar's documentary on Netflix. I mean, uh, from what you're saying,
1: this sounds like it's worth the watch already.
0: I know. It's so interesting. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the huge criticisms of Bob Lazar's story is that stabilizing element 115 is pseudoscience. Mm -hmm. Uh, The makers of this documentary, we're going to keep coming back to that, uh, called Nine of the World's Leading Physicists, including scientists from Russia, California, and Washington, D.C., Every single one of them across the board said you cannot discount the stabilization of element 115 and wow. just because we haven't done it yet doesn't mean that it can't exist.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean why why discount it? I think people just want to willfully discount it so it like maybe to uh, so it matches up with their world views, but I just don't think a lot of the stuff we think is far off. Is right. is too is too far off. I mean, just from what those scientists said, of course. Right. And then let me also
0: add in that we talked about he worked at this facility called S4. First of all, I, I don't know if this has been made obvious yet um by what we've talked about, but mm-hmm he he claimed the spacecrafts were saucer in shape they were saucers
1: so they actually meet the the expectations of yes. the people people <laughs> a- so we actually got it right <laughs> yes well here's the thing i we,
0: we can go into this in a bit but i think that that perception might have been based on the truth um that like stereotype of of aliens coming in saucers mm-hmm. might have been based on this story leaking but we'll get to that in a little bit interesting um So, um, anyway, the S-4 facility, that's where I was. So, he worked at the S-4 facility, um, and, you know, for years and years, uh, and to this day, the United States government claims that S-4 did not exist. Um, Right. However, satellite images recovered in 2012 (laughs) show,
1: clear as day, the mountainside facility, S-4. Wow, so, like, okay, so, is it taken on a day where it's visible, or, like, basically, are you saying, like, they scrubbed, it's, you know... It's they scrubbed overhead satellite images. Like, basically, they copy and pasted, they took a picture of the sun, they, put the, they took a, a satellite of this desert, and they just superimposed it over S4, is it...
0: Right, and, like, here's another thing for, like, why, like, it's believable, is because, think about this, he came forward in 1989, the, like, the internet wasn't a thing, like, Right he th- there is no possible way he could have known that the facility S4
1: existed unless he had been at facility S4 right right no exactly so any sort of confirmation otherwise from anywhere else it's not else.
0: like something he could have found you know on the internet that wasn't public information
1: right so if he's if he's if facts start to align from this story i guess you could say it it's only going to vindicate him further
0: Right, exactly.
1: It's not like anything you'd know, exactly. Exactly. Um, and so
0: here's the nail in the coffin for me. Mm. In July of 2017, when the documentary makers were working with Bob, uh, so they filmed in 2017, that released in 2018 um, – they had a meeting with Lazar's phone in his pocket where they discussed his stealing some of the Element 115 way back in the 1980s. Oh, wow. Um, So the only people there were the two filmmakers and Bob Lazar.
1: They discussed this outside of his house in Michigan where his lab was. Interesting. So again, more insurance. He has information. He wants to get on the record. Right, right. And the very next day,
0: Lazar's lab was raided by the FBI, the CIA, biohazard specialists, and other federal officials as they seized all of his lab work, oh rigorously checked all his files, and completely went through
1: his hard drive. So this guy, uh, let's just get this straight: the guy who yeah. is discredited completely, yes. from having done anything in his life worth worth you know even mentioning, and living his life as a fraud. Yes. uh the you're on me the fbi the cia literally everybody distends upon his little ass shop in yes <laughs> and and this raid is just
0: a fact like this this happened there's photographic evidence mm-hmm. it's on the record they did raid his lab the very next day after talking to these filmmakers about the element 115 that's crazy
1: so so so, so you're so this also implies that i guess his uh Everything he does. He's being monitored like every like at all times. Yes, exactly.
0: Um, so if there never was such a thing, why would they, you know, be surveying him all, all the time, all his communications, right. everything he does. Right. And why would they be raiding his lab looking for evidence if if this whole thing didn't exist? Exactly. I mean, it sounds a little bit sus to me. It's it's all very suspicious. It's a little bit, but you know, to this day, I'll say Bob Lazar has never went back on any of his claims, and he lives a difficult life of constantly being dismissed and not taken seriously. Um, You can draw your own conclusions.
1: I will. I will draw my own conclusions.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and if you're wondering, like many, how the government could hide such a major secret, because I think that's the most common question. Um, about this is like, how could they possibly hide a secret this monumental? Someone must have leaked it. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let Bob Lazar answer that question for you. Um, And this is what he had to say about it. It's the easiest secret in the world to keep. The secrets leaked many times, but each time it does, no one ever believes it. Mm. And to me, so true. That's where I think pop culture might've permeated in a little bit. You know what I'm saying? The, um, yeah, where yeah. like all of the references to aliens coming and flying saucers, blah blah blah. If these spacecrafts truly existed, and they were at Area Fifty One, and it's leaked many times. Isn't that totally possible? That's
1: where that those pop culture things came from, right? It's sort of like the boy who cried wolf. Like every time you see it, like like you talk about it enough, and you and it and it, and it becomes part of the culture enough that you know when if it's actually real. No one is going to be like, how can you prove it? I guess that's the biggest thing. Like, like, right. They can, we might not be able to prove this type of thing until, I don't know, we actually get invaded or something like that. You're not going to be able to prove any of this stuff exists, even while Bob Lazar is alive or if someone else comes out like Bob Lazar. Absolutely. It's just, it's crazy that like, you
0: know, that's that was my question when I was doing all the research and I'm so glad I found it like directly addressed. It was like why would anyone you know, like
1: keep that secret for so long? And I guess the answer is they didn't. No, I mean, uh, it's it, it would be it's it's more unbelievable to think uh, that that is a secret that's been so widely kept, and apparently it hasn't, you know, and it hasn't, and people have just discredited the fact that it hasn't. Um, it makes – I mean, this it, from what it sounds like, from what you've been telling me. Uh, right. So, I'm drawing my own conclusions. I'd probably say that I also – it's a – I mean, it's crazy what he's saying, but, like, it makes sense that if this were to be real, that that this is how it is real, you know? <laughs> right exactly so
0: it's hard to say um you know exactly what might have happened then there's also this one more element of the story um and this is one that i think the government has kind of used to discredit him and like how a lot of people think he's like insane was that and initially when he was interviewed he did say um that he glanced through a window at the base and saw a thing with long arms and two guys in a lab coat. That was a small thing. Um, you saw an alien. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, everyone's like, oh, he thinks he saw an alien. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, he, But he also has said that, first of all, he believes that was like a doll, like a prop they were using to figure out dimensions of things, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's also, like, acknowledged that, like, there was never any mention of living aliens when he worked there at least not to him
1: wow well yeah i mean i mean i mean another reason why i think that what he's saying is pretty believable is that he's not going all in you know he's not trying to uh to to take everything in and say this is what i saw i saw a shit ton of things i saw aliens they took yeah. me aboard i mean he just worked on the aircraft i think that's something to be respectful of is that he's not telling you that much you know like, right like it's so compartmentalized which i guess like it definitely would be right you know right
0: exactly exactly like he didn't discover the crafts they were there when he got there he didn't you know see aliens that wasn't part of it he didn't even look at their navigation system or anything else on the craft that he said he might have seen but he was just purely working on on these antimatter reactor cores right. and element 115. Um, and so, like, all of these things, the way his background has definitely been covered up, the way he's listed on the web, the way the government has referred to him, the rating of his lab, um, element 115, uh, all of this stuff to me paints a pretty good picture of like, this guy is the real deal. He's the man who
1: cracked the code. Hmm. I, I think he is. I, I, what do you think? I, I mean, just if, if he is how you, you describe him, he has no skin in the game. I mean, the only thing that he has is like literally trying to evade the law due to this. Yeah. He's not get like, I don't think, what is he? He's not written like any books has. He? he hasn't like written like, uh like he's not doing this for profit. No, he has not made much money off of this I mean, at all.
0: And even if he had has made some money off of it, I think the negative consequences in his life have far outweighed the positives.
1: Yes, and also, like, sure, then he could have gone on with his life, lying to everyone he knew. Uh, why? Why in that case would the government care? If, if he wasn't telling the truth is the biggest yes. thing about this story. Why? Well, I, yes. I think if you watch his documentary, you said that he got raided in the end. That probably is the biggest thing that happened in the documentary is what it sounded like. Like, like the yeah. fact that they did this, they, they, they inquired about his information and then, you know, cause and effect got raided. Right, exactly. So I'm not telling
0: you to believe in aliens, but I am telling you they definitely exist.
1: They definitely exist, um, and and they're here. Oh, they're, that's that's the bigger thing because <laughs> I am so certain that they exist, even if they weren't here. But right. that's another that's another whole story. Well, that is mind blowing. Gotta say,
0: yeah, and that is the insane and world changing story of Area Fifty One and Bob Lazar. Crazy, 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 yes. crazy. Well, how yes. did uh, so? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I I thought that'd be a good time for us to
1: talk about our experience at Area 51. I would agree with you. I was just about to ask how did you enjoy our trip to Area 51? Girl, I can't believe we went. <laughs> it was <laughs> crazy.
0: Um so we, you know, I'd been coming from Bryce Canyon um in Utah and we drove out into the Nevada desert. Yes. We stopped at this very small town um, that was well before we got there. I'd say probably like a hundred miles away or so. What would you say?
1: I'd we say probably there. around that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not much going coming into Nevada like that. You really don't have much civilization out there. Uh, no, things are far no, none, between. None. And uh, then we drove to the town of Rachel,
0: which is right near Area 51. Is it? A town? So when you. I don't even call it a town. It's not a town, really. Um, They didn't have a gas station, as I mentioned, um, that none of the towns anywhere near this place do. Mm -hmm. Um, To drive out there was terrifying.
1: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) There's no other way to say it. And and to get this straight, we're talking about this. This was the middle of the day. We weren't doing this at night. It wasn't like spooky like that. You're yes. we doing this in the middle of the day. It was as Jacob described, it, it, it was, it was, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was crazy. It was scary. <laughs>
0: There's a vibe. There is an aura of that place, um, mm-hmm. that really permeates your skin, you know, like as you drive along this road, like nothing around you, literally just open fields of desert and mountains, um, in the distance. And you're driving along this one road, you, really don't pass cars at all nope. um
1: he You're like going a truck. Fast
0: <laughs> and every the way they have the mile markers set up on that road you got to believe that there's cameras inside of
1: them we saw I, oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> well just to give a i mean uh, we didn't take any pictures of them but we saw along the side of the road like they're bigger than you'd think they are they have yeah. they have blue And black stripes and, and the blacks, one of the black stripes is more reflective than the other black stripes. Yes. Um, so just to give you, uh, just to give you an idea and then, you know, nothing. I mean, like literally if you, if, if your car broke down, uh, you know. You're done. That you better have some survival gear in there, uh.
0: And you know what's even like more horrible about that? I think like as close as we were to Area 51, if you were to get stuck out there, I really don't think they'd come to help you.
1: <laughs> no, no. I, I, I think the I think they rather had not have become a tourist destination of yeah. any sorts. Even if it's not that many people who want to do this, I know that we were the ones that that went out there. Um right. but I really don't think they wanted anyone to come. <laughs> It's, right. It's not right. the most and, welcoming area in
0: the world. Um, and not only that, it's a very hard place to find um
1: you we had to
0: follow some dark website like
1: <laughs> Yeah, n- literally dark website like like not dark web, but like the but the but it was some it was some like nerd who made it <laughs> and the <laughs> of background Like was what black. to
0: look out for? I thought <laughs> the creepiest some of the creepiest things, let's give some highlights here. First of all, driving into Rachel as you're driving along the strip of highway, maybe 15 miles from Rachel before you get there, the town uh, next to Area 51, right? There's just a black mailbox on the side of the street. There's no property. There is there's, a black mailbox. <laughs> there is just a
1: black mailbox on <laughs> this. Like it's creepy. So creepy. Like who's c- middle of nowhere? I mean, I mean, there's just something mysterious about it that is just so creepy. Who's going to collect some mail in the middle of nowhere? No one. Like what? Right.
0: Who? And then you get into Rachel. There's the little alien. That's the cute little thing. Cute. We'll put up pictures of this stuff, by the yes, way. Yes. Yes. Um, on our social media at Road Boys Podcast. Little alien, so cute. Just, um, we, we have some photos in front of that. I also took a picture of Sledge, our trusted vehicle. Yes. Um, in front of that, so you can see that and kind of see what the landscape around us looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we were at you know Rachel we decided yeah. to follow those directions specifically to try and get to area 51 and at this point we had less than half a tank of gas that's probably so the scariest
1: thing about this whole ordeal <laughs> is that we were doing it not filled <laughs> we weren't anywhere
0: near yeah. filled <laughs> i was like girl we're going to get trapped out here in the desert like
1: <laughs> it was it but, was it was scary i mean uh, it was the the location was enough to make it creepy the fact that we were on, like, some sort of, like, time limit in regard to gas. Yes. Very, very unsettling. Yes. And um, so we followed these directions
0: specifically, and we actually were able to see the entrance of Area 51 from where we got up to. And we'll post a picture of that, too
1: and then immediately be shot down by the government. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we'll see about that. We'll test we'll test how how how, how on tabs they keep it. <laughs> how many watch lists we're going to be put on after this? Oh my goodness. And also, another thing to mention, I mean, of course, we're in we're, we're in middle of southern Nevada. Ah, oh, m- middle yes. of nowhere. Um I don't even know how to describe how hot it was. It was some of the some of the most hot temperatures I've ever experienced. Was getting out of the car in Area Fifty One. Yeah. Oh my
0: God! It was like one hundred and ten degrees. I think on the. I thought dashboard. it was one hundred and
1: fifteen. Even I thought that. It wow. was. Wow. Um, could have been. It could have been. Needless to say, yeah, we did take our picture. We saw what we see. We saw the guards standing right out front. Mm-hmm. Probably what was four or five miles away from where we were standing, but you can see it from there. Yeah, and also, um, I know, like,
0: literally every mountaintop I looked at, I was like, there cameras. is cameras up here, but also, mm-hmm. some of them I was looking at, I was like, no human has probably ever walked on that mountaintop.
1: Oh, totally, totally. It was like untouched land. Now, if if you remember correctly, before we were, um, before we even went on this trip, we mm-hmm. were I think we spent a lot of time researching Area fifty one and how to we do did. it. We did. We did we had a couple of, of plans in mind, potentially that just we didn't do. We could have driven down a, a dirt road to get to like you can you can do it. You can drive down the dirt road to get to the guards yeah, and, then sure tu- you can. and then turn around. It's all public land. Um and they'll come out to you. Then you as long as you turn around, they can't do anything to you. <laughs> yeah right we didn't do that (laughs) no we we didn't want to do that and the other one was to potentially there's one last public space open where you can actually look into the base Mm -hmm. um and we watched videos of people doing it and i think the conclusion we drew was that we'd probably die (laughs) if we tried it right so Uh, we saw like literally such a high chance of death Yes. I think the conclusion we came I mean and like just going there ourselves was also we didn't really want to when we when we saw what we wanted to see. I don't think we were trying to spend we, did. we I don't think we were trying to spend much more time than we needed to there. And girl, I drove
0: so fast to get us out of there. Oh, like I remember. I, we were spooked. We were we were low on gas. We knew there wasn't a gas station for like sixty something miles. Um mm. and I I think I think I broke the one
1: hundred number <laughs> yes the, you gotta you gotta make sure we pass that statute of limitations on spring. yes probably yes probably isn't one yeah we went really fast <laughs> we
0: went very fast but we got out of there we got to a gas station and i felt a lot better once we had reached a gas station a place like close enough that there were other people oh yeah because i think on that entire drive out which keep in mind over 60 miles of nevada
1: desert we passed one car passed one car no one's going out there. Probably even especially now we hit like a low, a low period for the, you know, we're, we, were, we were there at the hottest time of the year. We were there during, during a pandemic. No one's going yeah. out there now. It's a deserted. Yeah. Road. Mm-mm.
0: It was unbelievable. I, I,
1: I was just in awe Crazy. the entire time. Crazy. Well, I'm glad I, I think in the end, I'm glad that we did it and I'm yes. glad that we lived to tell the story and it's something we can say we did. We went to Area 51, Jeremy. We did it. We
0: did it, Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) And that brings us to our fan question of the week. Jeremy, you are in the hot seat. I know you were combing those inboxes Mm -hmm. and getting a lot of emails lately. Thank you, everyone, for submitting um, all your fan questions. And I'm excited to hear what you found,
1: Jeremy, on our Mm -hmm. Gmail at roadboyspodcast at gmail.com. Okay, well, I have plenty of them uh, this week. We had a big influx, uh, probably because of our announcement uh, earlier in the week. This one comes from Mark Zuckerberg, the alien. Hmm. Oh, very topical. Mm -hmm. Um, So this one goes like this. Uh, It's a two-prong question. Oh, God. He asked, do you believe that we're living in a simulation – and mm-hmm. if you do, and you wake up from the simulation, are you just going to want to put back right in? Did we have this one already? I no, think I don't we think we did. Have. No. Oh,
0: well, so that was kind of a Matrix reference there, but. Uh, mm hmm. Yeah, we're definitely living in a simulation. How could any of this garbage be real? We just had Donald Trump as a president for four fucking years. Are you going to tell me this is real? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's I mean, that's that the bigger like that's the bigger joke of an
1: argument here is that this is real. Yeah, we got into that wacky timeline. I think that if <laughs> like you 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 comb history right and you see and you see things that are extremely unfortunate. But but I don't know anything in the past. Give give me like hundreds of years. I don't think anything more absurd has gone on these past four years than I've seen in like hundreds of years. Yeah, of history. Literally, the guy and you're right. Literally, the guy from The Apprentice was president, <laughs> and you know, and will be president until the twentieth. That that yes. is the craziest thing, and they probably turned up some dial. So yeah, I I agree with you. I do think I do think that we're living in a simulation. Um, and would I want? Well, there you have it. Would I want to go back in? Oh, I don't know. Would you want to go back in? I mean, yeah, I got a life here. Got a life here. What am I going to do outside of the life? But what if you wake up and you remember that you have that you have uh, a family and stuff like that, and you remember your whole life before you went and played some arcade game called earth one you know this one hasn't been going so great so maybe i would go to <laughs> the other one i'd don't know. <laughs> i have to give it some thought i don't know i'm right now i'm like 50 50 see how cool my life is out there
0: well all right there you have it there's um there's our fan question thank um Mark zuckerberg al- is an alien mm-hmm. yeah thank the you alien. so much for submitting make sure you submit some more um next week Wow. Next week we are going to be on our season finale. Yes. Um we really did it. We we've made it here. Um and thank you so much if you've been listening since the beginning. Yes, you're for a real coming one. Along.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: It's been a great ride so far. I can't wait for season two. Um, but make sure you stick your neck out and stick your neck out (laughs) for us (laughs) in front of a bus yes um (laughs) make sure you keep your head out that's what i really wanted to say for next week because jeremy we have a huge guest next week yes Um, i'm i'm really excited and we're gonna be in a bonkers city um like if you can guess uh uh we we were at area 51 and we stayed in nevada hmm what what big cities are in nevada i don't know reno carson city
1: (laughs) the capital
0: (laughs) yeah so debatable carson city is the capital we'll see about that we'll see about that I think it's going to be the other place. The place will be next week on the season finale of road boys. Now, Jeremy, do you have any final questions, comments, concerns, death threats before I take us away by saying, by the way, that we're doing a giveaway. <laughs> don't forget to, <laughs> don't forget to also keep an eye out for
1: that. We are doing a give. We are doing that giveaway. Um, no, I have a lot of death threats. I, I yeah. keep logging them. I'll right. save them. I'll read them off to you at some point. Uh, maybe on one of our, uh, post-season one episodes yes we have so much to say we have a lot to say <laughs> we have a lot to say Damn it, Jed. <laughs> we have a lot to say my name is jeremy spiel and this is jacob Allardy. we have a lot to say
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a good root ball's drag race reference oh my god drag race is back oh my l- <laughs> we have so much to talk about in other words so yes i can't wait for next week's episode so much to discuss um but thank you for being here this week uh that was Area 51. Woo. And have a great first week of 2020. One. Yes. <laughs>
1: 2021. We did it. Yes.
0: We did it, Joe. We're going to be the next president of the United States. Alrighty. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye
1: road boys starring jacob bilotti and jeremy shapiro as themselves produced by jacob bilotti and jeremy shapiro directed
0: by jacob bilotti and jeremy shapiro and created by jacob bilotti
1: and jeremy shapiro special thanks to Vlad Glashenko for recording the intro and outro music royalty free and tina perkins that's me for recording promotional content To learn more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Road Boys Podcast.